You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 14th of June. I'm John Heffernan from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss the recent developments in the financial markets with a particular focus on the central banks and the fluidity of the markets in response to their actions. John, um, the past week in particular, monetary policy and inflation have come to the fore again, big driving factors. Can you take um, our listeners through what's been happening? Yeah, so John, in terms of you know what's been driving markets a lot this year, and market sentiment has been inflation and, and then in turn monetary policy. Uh, so we saw that last week. Uh, first up, we had the ECB meeting uh, for June, a significant meeting uh, from the perspective of uh, the ECB signaled 25 base points rate increase on the cards for July. And interestingly, it did not rule out 50 basis points of a hike in September. But at a minimum, we're looking at 25 in July and at least 25 in September. Now, we got a, a market reaction from that. So, you know, futures contracts, which price in interest rate expectations, this hardened for Q4. So what do I mean by that? Well, they added in an additional rate hike for Q4 post the meeting. Uh, so uh, that means that markets now are pricing in Eurozone rates getting to 1%. By the end of this year so that's 150 base points of tightening if you think the deposit rates at minus 0.5 now uh, so 150 base points gets you up close uh, to one percent so that was the reaction on uh, interest rate markets on currency markets there was a bit of volatility and we've talked about this before uh, around central bank events so initially the euro moved higher because it was definitively a hawkish tone uh, from the ecb and president lagarde so initially we saw euro move higher euro dollar moved up towards 1077 but that was very short-lived you know after a short while uh, we saw the euro start uh, to go on a weakening trend and it fell below 107 fell below 106 and indeed if you look at where we started this week below the 105 level so there's two factors at play there there's a euro specific element and some are attributing to the fact that ECB did not provide any clear guidance on what it would do be, uh, if it's Q, when a QE's program ends in July and if there is any sort of mag, uh, market fragmentation in markets, specifically around a widening out of Eurozone periphery spreads. So that didn't help the euro. But at the same time, too, uh, we talked there about inflation at the start. We had US CPI data on Friday, and the headline number surprised to the upside of expectations. It printed at 8.6%. And the view had been in the US that inflation may, might have already peaked uh, earlier uh, this year, and it was starting to move on a downward trend. So that kind of shook markets, and the dollar gained on the back of that because there was two reactions on markets. First of all, there was risk aversion. Uh, we saw the S&P uh, on Wall Street uh, fall significantly uh, heading into the weekend. And at the same time, uh, there was a fur uh, further hardening in US rate expectations. So that helped the dollar. Uh, so all those things combined saw you know, euro dollar finish the week uh, and start this week below the 105 level in terms of that key pair. So two aspects at play there. Bit of euro volatility for the euro during the press conference, but a weakening trend post ECB was the definitive trend. And then the fact that the dollar strengthened heading into the weekend saw the euro dollar pair finish last week about 2% lower compared to where it started. And John, just to touch on the point there, did we start to see any dislocation or fragmentation in the markets? And is the market reaction overcooking it a bit? 
Or what do you think? So we did see some widening out in periphery spreads in the eurozone. So we did some re- see some reaction there. When you look at Italian 10-year bonds compared them to 10-year German bonds, there was a widening out of, of, of periphery spreads there. But I wouldn't call it fragmentation yet because those yields, relative yields, are still at fairly low levels uh, historically uh, on that side of things. So, you know, there was a bit of movement in, in spreads, but, you know, the absolute levels of rates are, are still relatively low in terms of 10-year yields. And just to go slightly further afield and for our customers who deal with yen, yen has obviously got to levels we haven't seen in man, many, many years. What's been happening with the yen in particular against the dollar, I suppose, where you'll see it mostly moving in the market? Yeah, so on that, obviously, the key thing, where if you look where we started Monday uh, this week, uh, dollar-yen was up at that 134 level. And the issue for the yen is the fact that the Bank of Japan is still very much in the dovish camp. It's not giving any guidance that it's about to tighten policy as opposed to elsewhere. And what do I mean by that? Well, Bank of England has already hiked interest rates a number of times. Fed has done likewise, likely to continue doing more. Uh, and the ECB has just guided that it's going to hike interest rates in July. We're not hearing that from the Bank of Japan. Uh, so that's been unhelpful, very much unhelpful uh, to the yen. So it's interest rate differentials that have been driving that weakness euro, uh, uh, lower for the yen. Now, interestingly, on Friday, we did get a rare joint statement from the Bank of Japan and the uh, finance ministry uh, in relation to the yen. So that did provide some support to the yen heading into the weekend. But the trend so far this year has been a weakening yen because of those interest rate differentials and because of the fact that the Bank of Japan seems some way off and in contrast to all other central banks of the major advanced economies who are either tightening monetary policy, in other words, increasing interest rates, are, are about to do that. And John, speaking of which, it's obviously a very busy week on the calendar this week for data. But if you don't mind, I'd kind of step by the data and go back to the same similar topic here with the Fed and the Bank of England meeting this week. What are the expectations of the Fed in particular? What are you seeing in the futures? And with the Bank of England, given the kind of mixed messages, I'm going to call it with some of the uh, members of MPC voting um, slightly differently with trend, what do you think is going to happen? Because it sounds like we're going to have another busy week. Yeah, another busy week uh, from a monetary policy perspective. Two key events you say there is the Fed meeting. So that happens Wednesday evening. And then the Bank of England is Thursday. So just turn to the Fed first. Uh, the Fed raised by 50 basis points in May. We expect, and the market's priced in, and the Fed has guided another 50 basis points hike this week. So that would bring the target range for the Fed funds rate to a range of 1.25 to 1.5%. But really, the market interest in the Fed meeting is not around the hike this week, the 50 basis points hike. That's priced in. What the market is looking for is the guidance about what else is coming the extent of further rate increases because it's the June meeting. So that means we get the updated macro projections, but more importantly, we get the updated interest rate projections, which are known as the dot plot. And if you look at what's priced in by the market now, the, uh, as I said at the outset, the market started to price in additional tightening uh, from the Fed following last Friday's higher than expected inflation number for May. So by the end of this year, the market thinks that the Fed funds rate will be at least above 3%, maybe close to the 3.25%. Uh, and by the end of 2023, just below 4%, around 38 Now, there's a fair bit of volatility in interest rate futures, uh, but that's where they lie at the moment. So in essence, the market's expecting now fi- at least 50 basis points from all the remaining five meetings from the Fed, including this week's meeting between now 
and the end of the year. So that's they'll look to the interest rate forecast from the Fed in terms of what the dot plots say around that. Do they correlate and, and, and consistent with the market expectations uh, or are they below it? And also we probably see a lot of questions in the press conference around the potential and towards Fed Chair Powell about 75 base points. If you think the last meeting where they increased by 50, you know, there was some speculation at some stage, would they hike by 75? Powell said that that was not really a policy consideration for them at the moment. But given where we are with that headline inflation number, the market is starting to price in the potential for 75 in July, potential for a lot of volatility for the dollar as it reacts to the interest rate, uh, updated interest rate projections and uh, the Q&A section in the press conference uh, on Wednesday evening uh, from that side. So, yeah, so in terms of the Bank of England, they increased, I think the last meeting, it was the fourth consecutive meeting where they raised rates, increasing the bank rate by 25 base points to 1%. Uh, you mentioned there, there was three members in that meeting that actually voted for a 50 base points rate hike, but the consensus was for 25. A 25 base points hike is expected again this week. And if you look at what it's priced in by markets, markets see uh, the bank rate in the UK, official interest rates, uh, getting towards at least two and a half, if not closer to 2.75% by the end of this year. But interestingly, in the last meeting in May, within the uh, forward guidance element of the Bank of England updates, uh, some members of the MPC noted that it was no longer appropriate to guide rates, uh, that some further tightening in monetary policy might be appropriate in the coming months. Uh, so the market's obviously expecting a fairly aggressive pace of tightening from the Bank of England for the remainder of this year. But the Bank of England themselves are sending mixed messages. It, it appeared, at least in the May meeting, that some members didn't think that that uh, level of rate hikes uh, would be needed. So the interest in this meeting is probably not around the action in terms of the market it's pricing in that 25 base points increase. But again, it's what guidance is given. Uh, so because of that and the uncertainty over what level of guidance we're going to get, you're also looking at the potential for volatility for sterling uh, on Thursday uh, as that statement gets released uh, around Thursday lunchtime. So John, to sum up, there's going to be um, volatility around the uh, key central bank events this week. And um, when the markets are looking forward, they're also considering that they're expecting the euro zone rate to be at 1% for year end, the dollar to be at in and around 325 and the Bank of England to get 2.5%. And as the year progresses, any movement from that will cause further volatility. John, thank you very much for the update. There's a lot in it. And a big thanks to our customers, colleagues, and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AAB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Good luck and take care. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. AIB NI is a trademark used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.